0: Are you ready? It's showtime, folks!
1: Do I have everybody's attention now?
0: We are the nation! Give me a hell yeah! Yes! What? Yes! What? Pollard!
2: Embrace the vision.
0: We want the smoke! Everybody's got a price!
1: With the benefit
0: of those with flash photography! With a tear in my eye! The cream of the crop! But, 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 but life,
1: hey yo! You just made the list! I am the man!
0: Not the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. This is such good shit.
1: Let's just get down to business. We'll shoot from the hip.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wrestle Nation, pro-wrestling talk for people who talk pro-wrestling. This is the official podcast of NEW, talking about all the happenings in the newest pro-wrestling organization in the Pacific Northwest, as well as breaking down the world of WWE, NXT, AEW, and more. Whether it's then, now, or new, we're here to break it down. My name is Jane Bowman, and I'm joined as always by... Award-winning journalist, Mr. Wyatt Arnt The Stanchion. So many awards. And the architect, so Mike many. Paris. Fellas, awards, how yeah. are you doing this fine, fine evening?
0: Uh, I'm doing great. And again, I always like to bring up personal business at the top of the show to get out of the way. Of course you do. Yeah, uh, air my grievances. Of course the you do. Beef Boy and Mike Paris have had some issues, and, and, and Beef wanted to meet Mike Paris to bury that beef at the show. Could not find him. I think we have to post a picture, because once again, Mike Paris is dressed up as, you know, where's Waldo's <laughs> gothic <laughs> film noir cousin, Maldo. Uh, so I think I need to post this for everyone. You can't see him. You know, at the, at the convention center, there's a lot of blacks, a lot of grays there. No wonder. He probably was standing against a wall. Beef couldn't find him. So uh, I'll post a picture for everyone. But again, you know, I, I think he's hiding from Beef. I'm just going to say. Mike Paris loves horizontal stripes. This is what we know.
1: I, listen, I, 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 maybe I should have worn a yellow carnation or something so that he knew yeah. where to find me. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I am—I am maybe the most average-looking white guy in the world, so I totally blended into the crowd that night. So, uh, yeah, I—I looked—I looked for Mister Beef as well. I went to the beer garden. I looked, but uh, he was nowhere to be seen. So I don't know. He had—he had a rough night, a little bit. So maybe he was—maybe he was uh, scared. I was gonna make his night slightly rougher.
0: I—I I mean, I will say to Mike's credit that. My description of beef of when he asked me where's Mike was a-, a white dude with glasses and a scraggly beard at a video game conference is not going to help. <laughs> exactly. Not going to help. One <laughs> Wyatt,
2: <laughs> video game conference slash pro wrestling show? It was yes, weird because exactly. you, you described that and he immediately just punched you in the face and <laughs> yeah, he went at me. I was like, whoa, no, this is better. This is a full beard. He's like,
0: you're right, you're right, Scragglier." <laughs> and, he, and he came at me. I'm like, no, no hair, no hair, no <laughs> yeah, hair, yeah. glasses. Yeah. You need the glasses. Yeah, no glasses. <laughs> so he was beating up fans left and right trying to find Mike. And I, I don't know, man. I <laughs> It was rough. It was rough.
2: Yeah, I think maybe him beating up the fans
0: tuckered him out a little bit for his match against Mr. Ferguson. Oh, and is that what went wrong? wrong. All right. Uh, hey, look, I, I feel there's some some sass coming from Mike, and only <laughs> I can sass beef. So just relax, Mike. You just sit back there, blend it with the wall, and let's get the show started. All right. All right. So says Wyatt, the award-winning journalist. Award-winning journalist.
2: That's right. Like All let right. right. Let's, uh, let's start off with the N.E.W. segment, Big, Big Weekend. All right, fellas, N-E-W-2 is in the books. A sellout crowd at the Vancouver Convention Center uh, aligned with Pinnacle Gaming Expo. Uh, Holy shit, what a show. Uh, Wyatt, what were some of your immediate takeaways from watching N-E-W-2 this past weekend?
0: Unlike you two, I was actually working. You know, the entire show. Yeah, you talked a little bit during the show, Bowman. You know, Paris is watching, drinking beer. It's good work. I was in the back doing the hardcore interviews with a lot of the wrestlers, so I didn't see as much of the show as I would have liked. Uh, But what I did see was fantastic. And again, I'll give you some insights on what the wrestlers were saying backstage once we get to the matches. But overall, I thought the venue was fun. Uh, you could have parked uh, an airplane in there. That's some tall ceilings, boys. Uh, it's an interesting <laughs> venue. Um, I think some of the gamers were confused, but other than that, uh, you know, I did enjoy it, and it was again. I think it's gonna look really great in camera. It's just uh, a fun, different venue to be. Uh, N E W has conquered uh, the convention center, and I can't wait to see what they conquer next.
2: So this is like Street Fighter, but with real people. Send <laughs> <Yeah. Said> Sun <laughs> How gamers. <laughs> How mortal is this combat?
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem,
2: This doesn't seem that <laughs> mortal, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was fantastic. We did not get to see the big showdown between Mike Paris and Beef Boy, as we mentioned.
0: But Paris, I thought you meant Big Show. We didn't see the Big Show. <laughs> They're all over the Big Show. <laughs> well, hey, they, that's
2: true. We we door. Here's the Big Show. Yeah, I'm
0: not, <laughs> that's that's not a lie
2: We did not see the Big Show. Uh, Paris, this is your first time being at the show. You watched the broadcast for New One. You were there live this time. There was no way you were missing it. What were some of your initial thoughts and takeaways from New Two?
1: Uh, yeah, I thought, for starters, like the venue, very cool. Like you say, it was big. Uh, basically, a, for those who weren't there, a 50-50 divide between the gamers on one side and the wrestling fans on the other. And and it was kind of an interesting to see the blend of fans uh, come together at certain points throughout the night. Uh, but all in all, I love the show, love the setup, love the production value. And once again, NEW proves that they uh, are willing to back up what they say they are not all talk and this is the hottest promotion in the pacific northwest
2: yeah and a lot of uh people migrated over uh due to the voros twins voros twins man i thought they were going to be there all night taking photos with people and i saw that popping up all over social media people at pinnacle with the Davinci guys uh yeah they were super popular yeah so there was a a group of individuals that crowded right in front of
1: me uh, at the beginning of the show, and not gonna lie, I, I, I feel bad, but the moment the, the the Voros twins were eliminated, they vacated the space. <laughs> so the Voros twins bring bring the video game fans. There is some overlap there. Uh, I, I honestly, and I knew, I, of course I've seen that video a hundred times, I did not know how much of a spread these guys have <laughs> until Saturday night
2: i'm surprised that uh i thought you were gonna say yeah there were some guys that were in front of us couldn't see the ring so me and my tag team partner the clive paris stood up and took care of business on the outside yeah i'm surprised there wasn't a lineup for pictures with clive
1: he, i right, mean I he, he did get he did get recognized a few times but uh there was no no lineup for photos with clive
0: disappointing uh, i'm I'm a little upset. I ha- I did ask for an interview with Clive. I haven't got it yet. I'm trying to get the exclusive with Clive. So I'll see Clive, what I can if do. you are listening, yeah, like reach out to me because I got some questions about this shirt Mike's wearing. I got to get the bottom of it. <laughs>
2: and, and he as has if, the answers. Yeah, has as the if answer. all of his shirts are gifts from his dad. Every <laughs> <Yeah>. single <laughs> shirt he owns. <laughs> Justin Morissette, uh, partner on the broadcast team, he marked out huge for Clive after the show. Clive came up, uh, talked to us a little bit, and he's like, is this Clive? is this the Clive? So yeah, I know that's the star that Justin was really excited to see. But a lot of stars showing up at NEW2. We had Josh Alexander, number one contender to the Impact Wrestling Championship. He's wrestling Christian Cage at Bound for Glory on October 23rd. El Fantasmo returning to Vancouver. Uh, He's been all around Impact, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and also featured the surprise return of the Bollywood Boys. Now Wyatt, you've been watching wrestling in this region, Paris so of you for a long time what did it mean to have the Bollywood boys show up unannounced at
0: the show how cool was that yeah that's the fun stuff because right now you kind of have like proceed Wrestling and Defy and now AWO kind of bringing the, the heat and the big surprise guests and it's a lot of fun and Bollywood boys obviously you know they, they you know worked their craft here they learned their craft in BC and they're you know huge Canucks fans even though at Smackdown they did have Connect jerseys, only to take them off to reveal, what was it, like Toronto jersey or LA jersey? I can't remember which it was. I think it was one Toronto,
2: uh, one LA jersey.
0: Yeah, oh, that's, that's even worse. Uh, they doubled down. But I think they've, they've realized the errors are the ways. So it's just fun to see them come home. And uh, obviously now their journey begins outside of WB, and then they're going to see where they go. But I, I was talking to the backstage, and again, if ever there was a better time to have, you know, your career at WWE over and to start over again, like it's now. Like there's never been a hotter time in wrestling in terms of having so many options. So yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to see what they do. Yeah, and it was was a Leafs jersey and a Kings jersey. It's not like they went
2: full, full heel and rocked like a Bruins and a Blackhawks or something like that. Or Bruins and Rangers. That would have been nigh unforgivable. Paris, your reaction when the Bollywood Boys made their return to Vancouver?
1: Yeah, I I have literally been watching the Bollywood Boys since they started wrestling. Uh, Probably since I was 16. I imagine they were probably around the same age. Um, And... And, and it was great to see them come back. A nice, big, warm welcome from the Vancouver crowd when that music hit. Uh, the welcome home chants, It was. It was a perfect setting and a per- perfect venue, and and everything panned out perfectly uh, for the Bollywood boys to return to their home home city.
2: Yeah, you mentioned uh, them probably getting started around the when you guys were the same age. I mean, I know they trained in Calgary. They trained at the Heart Dungeon and stuff. Crazy to think how different your careers would have been if you trained at the Heart Dungeon and they instead trained with the Honky Tonk Man.
1: Yes, it, it, the Honky Tonk Man is <laughs> like, apparently that was my 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 failure uh, among this as I was training around the same time as Kyle O'Reilly and the Bollywood Boys and LP and yeah. Fucking honky tonk man, but
2: <laughs> he slightly led you astray. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Bollywood boys answering the uh, the open challenge from the uh, from the Illa tribe, Guerrilla Shug and uh, and Coco Flash, and a really good match between couple sets of brothers. Bollywood boys getting the Duke, of course. Yeah, come on, line of the night, right? Welcome back to the Indies, bitch.
1: <laughs> as, uh, as the Illa tribe uh, screamed in the Bollywood Boys' face, and uh, I I popped pretty hard for that. That was a that was a great moment.
2: That was good stuff. Now I know why you were backstage. You were getting the scoops, all that sort of stuff. What sort of comments were? Uh, you don't have to spoil anything if you're planning on revealing it later. But just give the folks a little teaser, wet a whistle or two. Uh, what kind of comments were happening backstage after that
0: Bollywood Boys uh, Illa tribe match? I will say I did get video uh, of those two teams meeting in the backstage. I won't say more, but we will have footage of those two uh, talking after the match. So definitely some interesting things went down, and uh, you will see it later on the N E W Twitter account.
2: All right, yeah. Well, you're back there. You're getting your scoops. Is there? I know that's one that I'm looking forward to seeing for sure. Is there another scoop or another person you talk to, or people that you
0: talk to that we should be keeping an eye out for uh, when you're when you're dropping your scoops? I, I will say I saw an awful lot of Christopher Cassidy at the show, uh, just wheeling and dealing, getting in people's ears. Uh, we saw him appear with a couple of people. He obviously made his impact show, you know, made on the show he was there. And yeah, he backstage he he was working harder than anyone I think last night. And uh, again, he's still not confirmed to be my lawyer. He says I I don't have enough money for him, which is a bit upsetting. But uh, you know, the guy the guy's working. He's a hustler, so you will definitely see some interesting uh, moves and shaking and moving from that guy.
2: Yeah, well, any amount of Christopher Cassidy is an awful amount of Christopher Cassidy. <laughs> uh, Mike Paris, you're yes, obviously sir. in the crowd. What would you say would be your uh, your match of the night at uh, any at W2? Uh,
1: yeah, it's kind of interesting because the three of us saw this event from three different vantage points. So it's kind of cool that we all kind of have our, our insights from those respective places. Uh, match of the night for me, oh... that's a tough one but the one that kind of sunk into my mind uh as memorable and as i thought had a lot of cool moments but a real good wrestling match was actually makabe or not makabe uh sorry judas icarus and nicole matthews
0: makabe was so excited to listen to the podcast (laughs) sorry (laughs) put you over later makabe
2: yeah The Macabe El Fantasmo match is super interesting because people are gonna they're wanting to see El Fantasma come back. That was something that was announced ahead of time. People were really excited to see this homegrown star come back. Uh Macabre also, you know, not really much of a fan favorite here in Vancouver. Uh but uh El Fantasmo had some pretty questionable things to uh to say to the crowd. Uh, you know, making fun of gamers, not a good place to do that, not endearing himself to a lot of people. But also,
0: you don't say what that man says about Stanley Cups in his town and get away with. With it. I mean, I did talk to him backstage, and look, I, I'm I'm friends with him. Uh, he made a good point. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. He he did say that as everyone knows, uh, to make something like yourself, you gotta get out of Vancouver. All right, like he's 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 not wrong. So you know, good on him. He's just you know he found success outside of Vancouver. He's a Bullet Club member. He's punching dicks twenty four seven. You know, obviously something's <laughs> working for him. So I'm not gonna question El Fantasmo, sir. He got that from Johnny Cage in Mortal
2: Kombat. That's where his dick punching comes from. <laughs> So does that mean we've seen the last of why it aren't,
1: you know, if you're going to really make it as an award-winning journalist, uh, are you, are you moving to Toronto or something? What, ha- what happens next? The you got to get out of Vancouver. I, a chance.
0: I am out of here, boys. Wow. I, know I am. I will wow. sell out, get out and I will make it big. Yeah. And maybe if you pay me enough, I'll do a guest appearance on this podcast. One what, a day. Until then, what a guy. Until then, I'm ride or die with you guys. So until oh, you.
2: thanks. You can't say I can't wait to leave, but until then I'm ride or die. That's not well, how riding not. or dying works. I don't think you understand look, that.
0: Okay, look, 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 again. I know you are going to ask me what my favorite match of, of the night was. I wasn't, actually. Well, what we're going to. <laughs> as, as an award-winning journalist, you lead the way. So here's the thing. My favorite match was when Evan Rivers lost. Wow. Anytime I see that guy come to the backstage, holding his head, his shoulder hurting, I love it. Okay, okay. I had an interview with him in which I asked him, he's struggling to get wins, and he informed me that he's not winless. I mistakenly said he was 0-3. He looks like a guy who's 0-3 the fact that i bring this up and no one questions that you're an own three guy evan okay i have no problem saying that to your face on a podcast so anytime you want to talk on a podcast i will do it evan to your face so on, a, a
1: on a podcast okay yeah like you, heard me. you okay. heard me i'll look yeah. at the little screen I can see there Wally right now yeah. yeah
0: you're on i can see your faces now can i and i guess it's true. so i know is evan a coward probably he won't show up he's too much of a coward to show up in the podcast so anyways. wow wow he is what he doesn't seem what? like a cowardly man to me yeah. Not one to back down from a fight. There's different types of cowardice, okay? And yeah, sure, maybe in the ring he's a big tough guy, but when it comes to a war of words, coward. Different types wow. of
2: cowardness, sure. How, much, how many uh, types of cowardice are there?
0: Uh, there are 18. Okay, I've researched them all. I don't have time right now. That's on my other podcast called The Weakness Podcast, in which I talk about you guys a lot. But until then, <laughs> let's just stick with our show, okay, guys? Ride or die.
2: <laughs> Again, you can't say ride or die if you keep talking shit about us.
0: That's not how I this don't, works. I don't, I don't get it. Whatever. Okay, I just... Lost in translation. Let's just call it, you know, a draw. Write okay,
2: fair, fair. Uh, Yeah, one of my matches of the night for sure, I mean, you're talking about them, I'm going to talk about them too, was the Fatal 4-Way with Evan Rivers, Eli Surge, Artemis Spencer, and Eddie Osborne. Uh, Surge and Osborne making their NEW debuts. Super fast-paced, 4-Way match. A lot of great combo moves going on. I thought that match was fantastic.
1: Yeah, and uh, I, found, I loved the strike between kind of the... The comedy bits, the fun bits, as well as with the great wrestling. Um Eddie Osborne showing up great, looking like a like a big hoss who can kick some ass. Of course, we've we've talked to plenty about how great that music is. Got the EO chants going. Um But overall, a great match. A lot of action on the outside that, that got some big pops. I think that was really the match that set the night off to be hot. Um, it was a match that really brought the crowd into it literally and figuratively and, uh, brought in a lot of great new characters that the NEW audience hadn't seen a lot of so far.
2: Yeah. I mean, great matches abound throughout. You mentioned the Judas Icarus, Nicole Matthews match. I mean, it's crazy to see Nicole Matthews have a great chain wrestling match with Daniel Makabe a month ago at NEW one. And then she comes in her and Judas Icarus just, you know, beat the shit out of each other. That was great.
1: Yeah, I just loved this match, really literally and figuratively, a, a student versus teacher match. And, and I just loved the elements of it that were literally strike for strike. You do this move to you, now I will do. And it was just back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> snapmare kick to the back, snapmare kick to the back. Like all these kind of great moments that actually kind of built tension and built uh, a good story between these two wrestlers in a very quick fashion. And I- I'm going to say it, guys. And once again, another person who I've watched wrestle for the last fifteen odd years, I'm Nicole Matthews might be one, one of my favorite wrestlers.
0: That's great. So yeah, there you go. I mean, great wrestler, terrible person. But yes, it was a, a solid match. Uh, she's a little too big, big for her britches. But I and mean, I've been supporting Judy for a long time. Uh, I love what he's doing in AEW. I think this kid's got superstar potential all over him. You talk about me getting out of this town to make something myself. Judas Icarus will be there right beside me, this kid is going places, book it now, see him while you can.
2: Now, Bishop got back in the win column in a big way over the weekend, winning a couple matches after dropping the match to uh, to Sharif at uh, NEW1. Uh, how does Bishop look? A lot of stuff happening with Bishop post-match. Christopher Cassidy came out, uh, offered him a briefcase. It seemed like Bishop was interested in what was inside the briefcase. We didn't see, but I can only assume it was Ritz Crackers. Um, yeah, Ravenous Randy suffered a severe beatdown after that. Uh, Why? what were you seeing backstage going on with uh, Bishop and Cassidy? Cassidy, any any scoops?
0: Yeah, you'll, you'll see the video come out, but it definitely, you know, Cassidy will tell you himself that he signs his own NDAs for himself, which is bizarre, but, you know, <laughs> ironclad. So, you know, I did see some interaction between Bishop and Cassidy, and it's led to some questions. I didn't get a lot of answers, but, you know, I'll, I'll keep grinding away. Uh, I don't know where that's headed. I don't quite know. Bishop's someone, you know, doesn't necessarily need any help, but he's also a guy who, he wants to always have, you know, always wants to win, so I don't think he'd be against having some extra help, right? Like, he, he knows what it takes to win this business. He's been around a long time. He's a big bad man. Uh, I'd be worried if I'm that locker room, if he gets the help of Cassidy, to tell you the truth.
2: Yeah, and the uh, speaking about big angry men, uh, seems like the dancing time is over. Uh, formerly known as Fergie, looks like he's now known as Mr. Ferguson. Debuted new look, same attitude that we saw at the tail end of NEW1. Uh, Mike Paris, what's your take on Mr. Ferguson?
1: Yeah, I, I think he maybe Amish Paradise. He should come out to now, based on his outfit. But uh, but uh, uh, he's Fergie, gonna, he's gonna hurt
2: you. <laughs> he's
1: gonna uh, well, if it wasn't happening already, it's happening now. Uh, yeah, Fergie looking like a real, real big asshole uh, over this weekend, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a bit. But it looks like his allegiances uh, lie with Mister Baroni Atel. So
2: be interesting to see where all this goes. Uh, Yeah, we'll talk about that tag title match in a second. Also want to mention two other folks making their debuts at NEW2, uh, Liza Hall and Sloan, who were in a women's triple threat match with Rhea Von Slasher. And uh, Sloan aligned with uh, Malik Mello, got the big win there. Uh, What's
0: your take on this new relationship between Sloan and Malik Mello in this alliance? Uh, That's one where I just have to question, like, who can bench more? I don't know for sure. Uh, They're both (laughs) just physical specimens. I'm, you know, I'm scared of those two a bit. Uh, but I will say, like, the one person I really want, wouldn't want to mess with it is Ray von Slasher. I'm going to tell you, there's not too many people I'm afraid of backstage. Uh, certainly not Evan Rivers uh, online. But Ray von Slasher is someone that, I, you know, I, I, won't, I won't lie. Sometimes it's hard to ask her the hard questions because she's intense. I, I don't know what she's going to do. So uh, I think it's far from over. I think Liza Hall still has a lot to prove. She wants to go and prove to the world that she, you know, she's learned from Mexico, that she can bring the heat. But... The women's division right now is certainly interesting. If you got Sloan with help Malik Mello, like that, that's gonna make some waves. He's an intimidating presence on the
2: outside for sure, and he did get involved in that match early and often. Uh, Paris, what was your thoughts on the women's match? Uh, yeah, do you not know, I, I like that match quite a bit as I expected to.
1: Um, Malik Mello, of course, uh, doing some dirty work so that Sloane could could get the win there. Uh, but Liza Hall having great showing uh, both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, with with some matches, uh, I believe she won on Sunday. Uh, going over that way, so <clears throat> so uh, it's it's good to see that uh, the women's division is strong in N E W. And all three of them looked great. But yeah, Sloane is a a physical specimen, as you said, uh, that is unlikely to to see a lot of challenge in this division.
2: Yeah, Liza Hall got the win over uh, Angelica at uh, the Noon Show on Sunday. Uh, Great match. Uh, Good submission. Specialist. Liza Hall uh, tapped her out. It's pretty awesome. Now let's talk about it. The first ever NEW Tag Team Champions were crowned this past weekend at NEW2 in a four-way elimination match. Uh, we'll go in order of elimination. The first team out of Reloaded State of Emergency, the Voros Twins and the Wise Men that was eliminated, was the highly popular Voros Twins. Paris, were you surprised to see that happen? Da D- yeah. Uh, Keep piling yes. on there.
1: Keep- <laughs> you know what? They uh it, it, it they had a good showing in that match. Some those guys can go. And and they might just be uh viewed as popular from the internet, but these guys are legitimate wrestlers who have dedicated their bodies uh to their craft. Um and I don't Patrick, I don't maybe I'm guessing had a pretty sick drop kick in the middle of the match that looked like one of the hottest of the night. So uh, yeah, it, but I'm I'm not surprised that they were out first against the competition that they were up against.
0: Yeah, look, I'm gonna give you the scoop here. They were out first. They go go film another goddamn TikTok. Get your heads in the game, VOROS. They only had to go to the back. They had to make some social media calls. They know what they were doing. So I don't know where they're gonna go in NEW unless they start start getting a bit more focus. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say.
2: Which is funny you mention that because their former legal counsel. Uh, Christopher mm-hmm. Cassidy came out uh, after the teams had done their introductions, and he teased that he was going to be realigning with the Voros twins, instead going across the ring and joining up with State of Emergency, Sebastian Wolf, who's been on a tear in AEW and the debuting Miles DeVille. State of Emergency looked fucking great. During the match, even though they were the next team eliminated, they certainly did a lot of damage on their way out. Absolutely wiping out, reloaded uh, Jackie Lee and Sharif Morrow uh, after they were eliminated.
1: Yeah, do you know what that? They state of emergency was probably the people who I'd seen the least uh, out of out of the people at uh, NEW two, and they impressed me the most. Um, Sebastian Wolf is just a. a giant physical guy who can kick some ass and, and the combination of the two wrestlers is incredible and i'm a big state of emergency guy even though i can't uh, i can't uh agree with their uh allegiances to mr cassidy much like wyatt here whose allegiances are there
0: here's a couple of points i'm going to bring up here if i see that christopher cassidy has aligned himself behind another team there's a reason for it you may question his tactics, his morals, his ethics, but he does find winners. So the fact he left the Voros, that tells me something. State of emergency. I told you boys on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Perfect blend of speed and power. They what? are just an elite team. What? What, Bowman? What? what? I don't, what remember, really you just just I don't uh, remember you saying that. I don't remember you saying that Rewind the tape. <laughs> do your research. Do your goddamn research. Ride or die. So here's the thing. You have this team that i honestly look at them and i think both of them could be single stars yep i don't know which would be better and that's great and they're also uh great as a tag team so i think sebastian wolf's like you know three knows a singles competitor miles just came back from mexico he'll probably have a good winning streak they're going to dominate as a tag team they're future champions in tag team they could be future champions with individual belts uh those two guys are definitely guys that i have my radar as as stars of this industry
2: All right, so the match, the finals came down to uh, reloaded Jackie Lee and Sharif Morrow after they took an onslaught of offense from State of Emergency, a bunch of sore losers, uh, against... uh, What? What? The wise men, Tony Barone and Billy Sway. Now, Tony Barone had been uh, busted open the back of his head earlier on in the match, uh, a little makeshift bandana bandage, and uh, got himself back in there. And, uh, yeah, after taking an absolute array of finishers from Jackie Lee and Sharif Morrow, uh, Mike Paris, you mentioned it earlier. Who came down the ring to help?
1: Yeah, here comes here comes uh, Mr. Fergalicious uh, there to uh, to support the wise men, and I guess he's uh, I guess he's a member. I guess there's allegiances there now, and uh, you know I had a call, a confidential call from uh, someone who needed my counseling that day. I'm not going to say who, uh, but uh, a Mr. Mm-hmm. Mr. B. I, I, let's just call him Mr. B. Um, and he was he had a he had a hard night but that's confidential uh it was a bloody night um but uh, he's okay now and uh i guess there's some some new friends that he's made uh made onto
2: his onto his team that have made him happy so I, that's all i'm going to say though yeah, now, at the tail end of NEW1, when uh, Mr. Ferguson was in the ring beating the crap out of Elliot Tyler, uh, I did see Tony Baroni peeking his head out from backstage and watching with what seemed to be a look of approval. So I guess in the month between NEW1 and NEW2, uh, conversations were had, and he threw Mr. Ferguson threw up the symbol. It looks like he is an official member of the Wise Men. Now, the symbol is... A three, and we'll talk about Travis Williams in a second, but uh yeah, Paris, your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I do wonder uh what the future holds for Travis Williams uh and the wiseman, because who knows? Travis, of course, growing in the singles division, getting the getting the big push here. Uh and in Wyatt and I's interview with uh Mr. Baroni from a couple weeks back, he did indicate that he was uh interested and fascinated with the new Fergie. Uh, mr ferguson so uh none of this should come as too much of a surprise uh that the wise men have have been reformed if you will
0: look i don't i don't like what you two are doing the wise men are are one of the greatest tag teams of all time and you two are trying to do some some of your tmz bullshit here that is not a sign of three that's a fucking w let's get that right there's no threes there. They're okay having four members. To get a five. They get a six. Those are Ws. Don't even try pretend that Fergie's trying to take Travis's spot. How dare you, Bowman? You're obviously not a what? journalist. What? You're what gonna join pairs with your gotcha bullshit. So here's the thing: Travis obviously is struggling. I'm sure he's as shocked as anyone that he's like 0-18, whatever it is. He's having some struggles. You know, are you gonna ask the guy that's having a lot in his play? You're not gonna ask the guy who's gonna go be facing Josh Alexander to come help you out. You get an insurance policy you get someone like Mr. Ferguson. So the wise men, they know how to win. It was just, what was it? On our podcast, Bowman, uh, sorry, Paris, you were talking, you even gave credit to Baroni about how good he is at finding ways to win. You did. I did. And that's what they did again. So usually should, anyone should respect what happened. They did a smart move and they got the win. You're all, th- you're all throw up the W sign to me right now. Wise men, you're all fans of it. I love it. So yeah, we all appreciate the wise men. Thank, thank you, Bowman. Wiseman number one, you just told me with your signals. I agree. Thank you.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, in our in our interview with Mr. Brony, I did say that the Wisemen, I felt like the Wisemen were going to win this match, and they did, and they won it in exactly the way that I anticipated them to win it, which is with shady, uh, underhanded behavior and or tactics, uh, Mr. Ferguson getting involved, not to mention the state of emergency just destroying the competition prior to leaving after their elimination, and uh, Mr. Baroni, who I'm sure was uh, a little woozy from all that blood loss, still managed to win the match.
2: Well, by win the match, the man got battered by Jackie Lee and Sharif Morrow. And then Mr. Ferguson came out, wiped them out, and dragged the lifeless carcass of Tony Baroni and draped it on top for the win. So that's how you foresaw them winning.
0: Look, here's the thing. I, I will give you a little scoop to both of you uh, in the back. You know, Brony's bleeding. He's got, you know, a cut that's like 18 inches deep. Bleeding everywhere. Doctors come over. We'll sit you up. He, he says, no, get away from me. He gets a cup of cognac in a special Wiseman glass, pours it on the cut. It healed. He was done. Wow. Left home, had a good time, had a party. We partied. We interviewed each other really hard later. It was great. So was uh, a sound... great night. Okay. It worked. I don't, what do you, why do you, why do you question every, we interviewed
1: each other really hard. It sounds like you two are maybe romantically involved, but
0: no, we're just interviewing really hard. That's what we did. We interviewed, we had a great conversation. Again, you're going through your TMZ bullshit. I get that's what you do to get views and clicks. I understand. I don't have to do that. So sorry for not getting you, but anyways, ride or die. Tag team division in NEW seems to be heating up for
2: sure. Uh new team debuted on Sunday. The Strays, Judas Icarus and Mike paris's best friend, Elliot Tyler, getting a win over, you guessed it, the Voros twins. Uh yeah, thoughts on the Strays as potentially a new tag team here in NEW.
0: Yeah, the Strays have been around for a while. It's kind of a weird relationship they've they've wrestled in I uh along the Pacific Northwest for a while now. Uh, I don't quite get their vibe. Uh, you know, it's a bit odd. They have, they're have they a very artistic group when they get together. I don't know what happens with them, but uh, I would never count them out. Obviously, I think Judas Icarus can drag anyone to a win, uh, and I think when motivated properly, and if he focuses properly, he can get a win. So, uh, you know, I don't know if they have enough judge uh, to uh, take it all the way to the top in the tag team division, but they are definitely someone that, you know, they can get a big win like you saw over the Royals Twins.
2: Yeah, uh, Elliot Tyler. Uh, quite a few miscues in that match, that uh, hitting Judas Icarus many times uh, with moves accidentally. But uh, yeah, they got the win. Credit to him. Yeah, I got this match. You've
1: got him, him accidentally, quote unquote, hitting Fergie with with the bell. We've got him not being able to find me apparently uh, in the beer garden. <laughs> you can like, hear wow. those I'm air quotes. Saying. Yeah. Those are some some miscues if I ever did see them, because I was right there. I was ready.
2: All right, so uh, NEW not stopping, not slowing down. Uh, the date has been announced for NEW3. Tickets are not on sale yet, but it's looking like it will be November the 27th, 2021. And if the teaser image is any indicator, it does appear to be uh, Granville Street, from what I could see. Uh,
1: yeah, and I, I'm the first person to say that I would love to see a show again on Granville Street. Sorry, I, I just want to mention that, you know, Wyatt uh, mentioned the cowardice of of one uh, Evan Rivers. But how about the cowardice of Travis Williams just running away from Joshua Alexander uh, basically the whole night that night, only to get drilled into the mat, followed by getting drilled into a table uh, it was an ugly sight to be
0: seen. Look, you're obviously not a wrestler. I'm sure the honky talk man showed you how to hit someone with a guitar, and that's about it. So obviously your skill set is limited. That's what he's good uh, at. That's what. He's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's his one good thing. So here's the thing: Travis Williams was trying to wear his opponent out. Josh, if you have seen Josh Alexander, that dude's jacked to the fucking tits. He is a thick, thick man. Those muscles take a lot of oxygen. I think I give kudos to Travis for knowing the one chance he might have had a victory was tiring his opponent out. Um, I will say, uh, as an objective and awarding journalist, maybe don't bring a table to a Josh Alexander fight. Don't do that. That was probably the downfall for Travis Williams. Not the greatest thing to do, but uh, how dare you try and research his name? He is the golden boy for a reason. Were you the black and white striped boy? That doesn't sound no, as good, does it? No, he's
1: the yellow boy.
0: Yellow as in cowardice. Oh, my goodness. For shame.
1: And by the way, there was chance in the crowd of uh, a golden coward... Which somehow blended its way into golden showers, uh, which was kind of an
2: interesting uh, thing from the crowd.
0: Lowbrow, lowbrow.
2: So you started the Golden Coward chant, and then here comes Clive, who turns it into Golden (laughs) Showers. I think I heard that chant on commentary coming specifically from your section, and your two seats. Uh, Yeah, so the Nooner and NEW 2 also featured uh, some new talent. Uh, Adam Ryder was wrestling. The Big Hurt, Alan Jepson was wrestling. We saw Malik Mello in action, and also... He's still due, but Parm, even though he power-bombed Sebastian Wolf, Parm came up just a little short and uh, is still winless in N E W. But don't worry, Parm is due. Hell, maybe the show on the 27th will all get to be there and see
0: Parm get that big win, because he's due. Why did you get to talk to Parm? At all, this weekend. No, he he was unconscious most of the time, so I did not get a chance to talk to him. So, yeah, I think, again, he's something that could have maybe used a bit of that Travis Williams idea of running away. From the big bad wolf, that might have helped him. Uh, so yeah, I am intrigued by a new three. I, I don't know where it's going to be. Again, I, I've said it before. I hope it's at the Foot Locker. That'd be a great <laughs> venue. Yep. Uh, then you can have some nice, re, you know, refreshments at McDonald's. Uh, there's a lot of good venues along Granville trip. Strip. I don't know where it's going to be. Uh, I hope there is a SkyTrain match between Evan Rivers and Sebastian Wolf. Give me that rematch I want. I want them fighting across multiple cities. And, yeah, I want to see who becomes the victor of the lower, uh, the greater mainland.
2: Yeah, the upstairs-downstairs Old Navy Battle Royal is going to be something to <laughs> behold for sure. Uh, yeah, we don't know where it's going to be, but keep your eye out, nationextremewrestling.com, uh, for a ticket announcement for on-sales because it's going to be an absolute banger of the show if any W1 and any W2 is any indication. Fellas, let's, uh, let's take a trip through the wide world of wrestling. All right so a lot of our focus and a lot of the news and stuff has been obviously NEW2, but uh, things are happening in the other companies as well Uh, AEW suffering a little bit of a ratings drop uh, on Fridays and on Wednesdays for Dynamite uh, after a couple absolutely massive weeks for them with the debuts of Punk and Cole and Danielson. Obviously those type of numbers were not sustainable, but when you see reports coming out of like they're getting 500,000 fans now for for Rampage, uh, what your take on how the company is doing overall and where they need to what they need to do to grow again.
1: Yeah, I I think we talked about this last week, but I don't think this is anything to be concerned about. Um I think uh, the WWE ratings are probably diminishing around the same percentile. I, I don't know that for certain, but I would imagine that's the case. Um but AEW has has nothing to fear and I think they're doing all the right things with the product. They're growing the product. We talked about this after, you know, Punk's debut and, and All Out that we'd never seen so many people come out of the woodwork who we didn't know were wrestling fans talking about wrestling. So they continue to expand the product to new eyes. Whether or not they're retaining those people is maybe where the question mark lies. Um, but I think continuing to do what they're doing is, is the right move. Um, cause WWE is not, not doing well either. So I, I, I'd be curious to see what the overall numbers are. How's NXT 2.0 doing, uh, not only with the numbers, but with the fan response, uh, because I think that there is just sort of a, a general kind of cool down period right now with wrestling. So, uh, except for in the Pacific Northwest, obviously, uh, but, but yeah, I don't think there's anything to be worried about from an AEW perspective in regards to eyes on the product.
0: Yeah, you're not you're not going to conquer Roman one day and, and WWE is a machine as we've seen even when they're at their worst they're still going to make a ton of money and, and bring in the views. So I wouldn't really compare myself to them. I see a couple people talk about how like, they don't like how AEW mentions WWE, but whatever, have at it. I don't I don't think it's a big deal. I think that's a whole weird thing like oh, WWE doesn't need to mention anyone. Well, Yeah, they don't. Who cares? Like just I don't I'd rather have it like a world in which they both acknowledge each other exists that's real rather than like pretend like oh we're too like fuck whatever yeah uh, so yeah I'm not too worried it's just ratings I think they well the best thing as we talked about is you can't rely on just like big shows to be your you know moneymaker you just have to be consistent and put on you know, TV that everyone wants to watch week to week I think that's kind of the road AW's on so if you were expecting them to become the ratings kings overnight and continue to do that that's just unrealistic so I'm not again not worried at all
2: now they are going to be going head to head with uh, 30 minutes of Smackdown this coming Friday, uh Rampage, due to uh, the MLB playoffs. So, uh yeah, Tony Khan sent out a tweet. Uh, I saw you're doing a half hour head-to-head with us. I can't wait to finally beat your main show head-to-head. It's been a long time coming. See you next Friday for AEW Rampage. I love it. It's good. Yeah. Sure. Drum up some interest. Yeah, and why
1: not? Just another example of, obviously, the WWE views AEW as a competition. And as much as they want to deny it, they're they're doing an extra 30 minutes. I'm not sure if it's this 30 minutes that is going to be without commercials. That's their big pitch because everyone knows that in a two-hour wrestling show, you're probably getting an hour. Uh, but they're doing it half hour without commercials, and they're part of their supersized SmackDown. Um, but I, I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what how it all pans out. I, I wonder if if uh, SmackDown is really going to bring out all the stops
2: to try and keep keep eyes on that on that channel. All right, Wyatt Aren't you're in charge of AEW? What do you put in that thirty minutes? Who do you put? Yeah, way to go! I'm proud of you, big guy. Uh, you got out of Vancouver. Out. Yeah, you did, you, did, you got out of Vancouver. It you it. did it. <laughs> what do you put in that down. thirty minutes? Um, Who do you put in that thirty minutes to do everything you can to try and top SmackDown for that uh, for that half hour?
0: Uh, I'm, you know, gonna. I think. I I, think, uh, I mean. The, the, you think that, like, anything to do with Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega is the biggest kind of draw, so do you continue that? It's probably something along those lines. I think CM Punk was recently talking about the criticism of his kind of slow burn going on right now, which I think is fantastic because you can't have everyone at the top right now, so, like, leave Punk alone. Like, if there's any mind, I'm not going to question it's CM Punk, so, yeah. like, let him do his thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, something for me is, like, yeah, something to do with... the Honestly, I think Daniel Bryan wants to go all the time. I lean on Daniel Bryan. He is a big-name star. That's a guy that still brings in people that might have watched WWE, so I'm leaning in. Again, it may be... It, you, some people are like, well, you should have to lean on WWE guys, but fuck it, Daniel Bryan. The he's just Barney yeah, Danielson. He's just he's a fucking wrestler, so yeah. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, lean on him hard.
2: And the best one there is. So oh, yeah. yeah, let's not go. forget about where day. he spent the last you know x amount of years. Uh, yeah, he's one of the best wrestlers they have. Yeah, might as well. Um, I would think potentially like a Britt Baker Thunder Rosa uh, match would be cool to put on in that spot. Uh, Paris, would you see them really giving them that big of a spotlight? I
1: I I wish I could agree with you.
2: Yeah. I, I think
1: that's a hot match and that's a match that people want to see. And we've been kind of teasing uh maybe a rematch coming. Ah, uh, between those two after after their great main event, uh, which which left Britt famously bloodied. um but I'm not sure if that's the right move here if I'm gonna talk directly to why it aren't uh, the owner of a e w and uh, mm-hmm. new writer of the armies for the Florida Panthers and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, all those all right. other things.
2: All right. all right, well, let's say what, what we all thought would happen has happened. Wyatt Arndt got fired almost immediately uh, for shitting the bed. Uh, he showed up to one meeting, pitched some terrible ideas, and then boom, it's he was wrong. out. Mike Paris, next man up. You are now oh, in wow. charge of AEW. Thankfully, you get a, cho- you get a chance to, uh, to book that 30-minute head-to-head against SmackDown. What are you putting in there?
1: I defer to Clive. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, right, right to do.
2: Clive is <laughs> right the ghost of giant haystacks
1: versus. Yeah. Uh, 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 do you know what I? I would. I'm. I'm not honestly going to agree. Agree with Wyatt here, and and say that Danielson. I'm not sure Danielson and Omega is the right move. Maybe with a little tease there, but yeah, focusing on Danielson. Sorry, just
0: to be fair, I didn't mean like those two directly having a match. but okay. Something to do yep. in that realm to keep yeah. that storyline going. Fair enough.
2: Um, I, yes. Yeah. Would I maybe pitch to you, gentlemen? Uh, maybe a little Hangman Page, Brian Danielson, because Hangman Page returned on the previous week's Dynamite, won the Casino Ladder Match. She is, you know, has a future title shot in his mind. We've got uh, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson coming up at Full Gear. Uh, what about Page versus Danielson? Would you want to see that uh, for that thirty minutes on Rampage? Keep in mind, this is a late show on a Friday night.
1: Yeah, well, it could be interesting because you've got your your incumbent number one contender, and then you've got the the I guess legitimate number one contender in in Hangman Page, who who's holding that chip. Um, but yeah, it could be interesting to have those guys go for a little bit in the meantime uh, before before uh, Danielson and Omega hit up one another.
2: Well, one match we know for sure is going to be happening, uh, the 3-0 CM Punk. He beat Daniel Garcia last week on Rampage. Uh, he's going to be facing Matt Seidel on uh, on Rampage this week. Seems like Punk is doing primarily most of his uh, wrestling on Rampage and not a ton on Dynamite. What do you make of that, Paris? Um, yeah, I think they're leaving
1: Dynamite for the, the kind of big entrance and the guy on commentary kind of stuff. And then he... Promotes his Rampage match, and then he wrestles on Rampage. And I think that's primarily to get eyes on Rampage. They they want to to shift the audience that that direction to make sure that that uh, that premise works. Um, so the more that CM Punk can push people to Rampage, the better. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm fine with it. I I don't care where he wrestles as long as he's wrestling. And it seems like his primary focus is to kind of put over uh, the young guys. Of course, Matt Seidel, not necessarily an example of that, but um, focusing on on getting getting guys over, getting guys better, and he can do that on Rampage as well.
2: All right. Uh, well, the one thing I will say that I really like about AEW as compared to WWE is they announce their cards ahead of time right makes it feel legitimate makes it feel like more i guess organized that like when you really think about it when you step back and you look at like a monday night raw where so many matches the vast majority of them are booked on the show itself everyone just shows up in the building and the show just figures itself out which you know after a certain amount of time just seems silly in retrospect
1: yeah like i've I've been to a lot of smackdowns a lot of raws a, lo- a lot of live events other than pay-per-views and I never know what I'm going to see, which kind of sucks when you think about it. And I'd much rather show up to a a Dynamite or or a Raw or a SmackDown if they want to go this way and know what I'm in for. Know that I'm at least going to see X. I know that even if the rest of the show sucks, I know I'm lining up to see the main event of of so-and-so versus so-and-so. And... And AEW offers that, and WWE hasn't in a million years, even with house shows. House shows are are often up in the air in regards to what you're going to see. You know what you think you might see, um, but then you end up seeing a, a dance competition between The Miz and Hornswoggle. You know, these things happen.
2: It's a hell of a contest, though, to be fair. And I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, Dancing with the Stars tonight, it's a Disney Heroes night, and the Miz... Oh, I uh, saw it. Oh, yeah, the Miz is doing... He's the genie, Wyatt. You love oh. the genie from Aladdin. He's in, in Blueface.
0: He's in Blueface. I, I, can't, I, I love it when people try and recreate what's already been done perfectly. Nothing more <laughs> exciting than that. Jesus. Uh,
1: I don't know if you guys follow a Twitter account called Arrestled Development. <laughs> I don't, oh, but wow. I love Great it name. already. Which
0: is just uh
1: arrested development quotes assigned to uh wrestling clips. And this one, of course, is I I just blew myself.
0: <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> yes. Nice plug. So that's a wrestle development? Yeah. yeah. All right. I dig it. That's good stuff. Uh shifting over to WWE for a bit. Uh yeah, we are Well, on the way to Saudi Blood Money 6, looks like the match card is pretty much done. I'm going to rapid-fire run down what we've got here. Roman Reigns uh, versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Title. RK Bro versus AJ Styles and Omos uh, for the tag team titles. Big E versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE belt. Goldberg and Bobby Lashley, the match that Mike Paris cannot wait Love to it. see. No holds are barred. Maybe that's oh. why Goldberg's matches are limited as it is because, oh, so many holds are barred <laughs> so, yeah, regularly. He, he so now with do no all that holds. Chain wrestling, and technical now wrestling, you wanted to do. Yeah. Bust up. We're going to see um, Edge versus Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell. And then the finals of the Queen's Crown tournament, it'll be either Zelina Vega or Carmella versus Shayna Baszler or Dewdrop. No Liv Morgan. And then the finals of the King of the Ring were in the final four, Sami Zayn or Finn Balor versus Jinder Mahal or Xavier Woods. So King of the Ring, Queen's Crown, they're doing tournaments again. Um, thoughts on the Queen's Crown,
0: first of all, uh, Mr. Wyatt aren't? I just I don't give a shit what anything that happens with Saudi Arabia. I don't like <laughs> the fact that like they're doing the Queen's Crown like as if it's like they're, you know what they're doing to be like we're progressive. It's not. Yeah. It's just it's just it's such a sham. We've all um, seen so. the commercials during the show yeah. for how great <laughs> Saudi Arabia is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we get it. Uh, that yeah, there's just if you ever want to have like two points in time in which you know, AW is about the wrestling. You can kind of watch their latest shows and you go, oh, yeah, it's about wrestling. And if you want to see how far removed W is from that, just watch the Saudi Arabia shows like. None of it all makes sense. It's all about money. It's all clearly just about PR and, you know, shitty PR for Saudi Arabia and to be pretending it's all great and progressive. And it's just like, I don't know. I watch it and it makes me like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I should, I'm should i not going to watch it. And so I have no reason to watch it. And I even the results, I'm like, I don't know if I should give a shit because it's just, it's just so far removed from what I like about wrestling that I just don't care so at all.
2: Baszler is going to be the queen of spades out of this though. Right? Like, oh, yeah. Pretty safe it bet. It should be. Yeah. yeah. She's been kicking ass recently. And then Xavier Woods has been talking a long time about King of the Ring, wants to be King of the Ring. He's in the final four. Do you think they give it to him or do they do they swerve? Do they subvert, subvert expectations? expectations. <laughs> yeah. King uh, Demon King Finn Balor.
0: No. I mean... No, no, I mean I mean Finn Balor is, is too small for Vince to like. I do think that Gender? from a business side of, I, said it, I said it I said it last week. Gender? uh just keeping keeping no keeping Xavier happy with his Twitch and all this, I think like just give him that win. I think they, they have they they I do, I don't think they want to lose Xavier. I think losing him, you know, mm. for business side of set they don't want to lose that. So I, th- I can see them giving it to him for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think, again I think I'm not saying he does not deserve it. Right? it. He hundred percent deserves it. Let him have it. Yeah. One hundred percent.
1: I think those two are, are the people to get it. Now, my question is, and this is the frustration I've had with previous uh, Saudi Arabia shows, other than the obvious complaints, uh, is that none of it does seem to be canon. None of it does no. seem to really carry over into the rest of the storylines. Uh, but if you've got King of the Ring, Queen of the Ring, whatever we're calling it, um, that that kind of has to come over to the yeah, you real did. story. Well, or, got- or it's total garbage, or you might as well... Destroy the premise entirely If you're not going to make it last uh, Through the main storylines yeah. So honestly like if this were another Pay-per-view I'd probably think this was A pretty hot card But uh, but it's it's got some challenges For me and I, I'm probably not going to watch
2: Braun Strowman winning The greatest Royal Rumble and being given a title Belt he should have been defending that On Raws and Smackdowns by throwing people Over the top rope that's the only way he could beat him For the match is throwing him over the, beating him for the belt Throw him over well, the top fun. rope that would have been fun. Why not? Uh, the other news coming at WWE is that Roman Reigns, apparently his merch numbers are on par with John Cena, and he is the highest, has the highest-selling merch totals for a heel in WWE history. At what point do you look at like when Steve Austin like became heel and you start, or when he was like face turned into heel or heel turned into face? Do you factor in like his kind of numbers? Do you think? I mean, they're telling you Roman Reigns is the highest selling heel in uh, wrestling history. What do you say?
0: (laughs) I mean, you can never trust any WWE numbers ever. Uh, I'm sure they sell at all the arenas, and I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, And again, we're also looking at an area in which like, there's so much is so much easier access to the to merch, like online sales compared to Steve Austin's day. Like, that's a huge difference. Yeah. So I have no doubt in my mind that they're fudging the numbers. I don't doubt that Roman Reigns is over. He's the only good thing right now for, like, most of it. Yeah. But it would behoove them to be like, oh, Roman Reigns is more than anyone we've ever had before because he's their current star. So uh, I trust that a little bit, and I'm sure there's some truth to it, but it's the truthiness of it that I'm like, hmm, okay. Yeah,
1: th- this is some award-winning journalism because Wyatt's made some great points here. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to be you. honest.
2: Uh, he get, hates out of, get out of that, Vancouver! Get
1: out Paris, of Vancouver! Uh, you uh, Get out of here, ride or die, pretty, yeah, <laughs> ride or die. Um, but yes, exactly. So, so back in the day, even within the John Cena time, uh, it was hard to get merchandise. It you had to be there in order to get merchandise. Yep. And uh, so the availability is there. And Roman Reigns is over as a heel. People like booing him. I don't think we're ever gonna verge over into uh, becoming a face just based on how healy you are uh territory uh because he's doing a damn good job this is the best work Roman reigns has ever done like inclusive of his work with the shield so let's just let things go let it go I think people like the head of the table stuff all that kind of merch that is gonna sell uh whether whether the person is a face or a heel um yeah and and once again to Wyatt's point I wouldn't be surprised if they're just trying to say, Hey, look how popular we are. Look how popular our main guy is. Come get some eyes on him. See what the fuss is about. Yeah. So
2: so apparently uh, his title reign is looking to last for a very long time. So they say internally, I'm good with that. Like I wanted them to use his reign to make Big E like a new superstar and have Big E be the one that beat him. But they moved E over to Raw, and he's champ there, so that's awesome. Keep this thing going. I'm fine to watch this happen for another, god, at least six months or so. They're obviously, I would hope, looking to put a match together with The Rock uh, and Roman Reigns. Why Wyatt, would you, you love The Rock. The Rock's
0: one of your all-time
2: favorites. How would you feel about a WrestleMania match between this version of Roman
0: Reigns and The Rock? Yeah, I mean, it, it, The Rock, I could see helping his family members. Um, it makes sense from a WDB side, I think. I'll say that. It may, it's a perfect thing for them to do. So it would be fine. Uh, we get eyes on the product. I wouldn't be too against it. Would I be super interested in it? Probably not. Like, you know, it is what it is. I <laughs> yep. mean, Because if The Rock wins, it makes no sense, even though yeah. The Rock, it would make no sense for The Rock to win. So it's one of those cases where you're bringing a guy... Uh, to beat him it, again, like I look at the biggest things, like remember the Rock Hogan, which is my favorite match, just for the crowd reaction, how intense it was. I don't think you're gonna get that, mm. you know, with with Reigns and Rock. It's a different kind of vibe, so. Storyline wise, makes sense. Uh, you know, money wise, makes sense, and I wouldn't be against it. But it wouldn't be one of those matches where I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, I can't wait to get into this." Because I love The Rock, but also um, super jacked Rock. He sweats a lot. Uh, he's gonna get blown up within five minutes. Yep. I don't think it'll be a great match. Yep. So yeah, I don't think it's gonna be the greatest thing in the world to watch. Well,
2: theatrics, big part of it. I mean, the Hogan
0: match yeah. was a shit yeah, match. Yeah, fair but, enough. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, that was amazing. But I don't, that's why I don't think the crowd's gonna be. I don't think the crowd's gonna carry that match like they did. The reason the Hogan Rock match, like you said, is great is because the crowd only. The match in itself your, not yeah. great. In, in it's your the crap. I'm Toronto. In your future, <laughs> yeah. <home> of Toronto. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm from
1: Toronto. <laughs> uh, now, just to clarify, you expect The Rock to win this match and then hold the belt. Me? No. 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 no I said
0: oh. no. 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 Okay. If he does win, it makes no sense. So it shouldn't happen. That's what okay. I'm saying. Okay, so your option is like you make him win and it's and stupid. Lose. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You're bringing him to do the job and it's okay. like okay.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. And that's pretty much it for the wide world of wrestling. Uh, Paris, you got a couple of pusher berries for us. Just a couple. Just a couple. Let's do it.
1: All right. I got a couple couple weird ones here for you. I uh, hope you're ready for
2: it. I am. Uh, ramp video screens. Ramp video screens. Oh, you mean where like the, stuff being where the ramp, on the ramp? On Like yeah. the Randy Orton sperm from WrestleMania a couple of years the ago? One. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to bury those. Those are super distracting. They never look cool. Uh, yeah, unless like... If Seth Rollins was doing his Messiah gimmick, and then they had the ramp look like water, and he walked out as though he was walking on water, that would be the only good use of that. But yeah, ramp video screens, bury it.
0: Yeah, I, will, I would bury it. If it was one person used it, it would be cool. But when everyone uses it, it's kind of like whatever. But if one person had it, it would feel special. So yeah, I would bury it, but leave one alive, gasping for breath. Yeah, I like that. To make it visual. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and we saw an example of this over the weekend. How about a ramp that goes directly to the ring and not down?
2: Oh, uh, I'm going to push. I don't know. Whenever ECW did that. I always really liked it. WCW, when I used to watch that back in the, you know, Vader sting days, they had that ramp that went all the way to the ring. I don't know what it is aesthetically as far as, you know, the, the moves from there. I've always liked the ramp that goes, the elevated ramp that goes right to the ring. I don't know what it is. Uh, I want to
0: bury the shit out of it. I hate it. I know it is <laughs> just so terrible to me. It just looks so budget to me. Can't stand it. Please bury it.
1: Don't you think it, it, it allows for the wrestlers to do things differently,
2: though? Yeah, because you've got okay. three other sides of the ring where there's that drop off from the yeah. apron. So you can do all our stuff there. But here's something where it's like that same level. Yeah, I, uh, I like it. We saw that at NEW2,
0: and I enjoyed it quite a bit. No, here's the thing. It's just that the, the hardest part of the ring is the apron. So give us four of those. I don't need a <laughs> fucking ramp there. You need four hardest parts? Yeah, four hardest parts. So you, I, don't, I don't want a wrestler to be in the ring thinking, I'm going to cripple this guy, but oh shit, I can't do it on this side because that's a soft ramp. I don't need that.
2: The <laughs> now, ramp is w, soft. W- it, did compared to a thing. the apron, it is, sir. Yeah, WCW did a thing for a couple pay per views where they had like the stairs there, which was horrible. And so many people, like, bumping over the ropes, landing on the stairs. Uh, yeah, I'm very anti-having the stairs at the end of the walkway to go up into the ring. But uh, I love that ramp. Come on, Wyatt. Get on board. No, I'm still burying it. I'm not going to change my mind. All right. Paris, what do you got next? Uh, how
1: about how about the, the uh, augmented reality gimmicks that uh, WWE is doing?
2: Barry. I, augmented reality is showing up all over the place. I mean, the NFL is doing it now with that fucking Carolina Panther thing that was going. I think there was some uh, – I saw some things, some Stay Puft Marshmallow Man action from that. Yeah, I don't like the augmented reality stuff uh, at all. So I've, I've never liked it. I always thought that was silly.
0: Yeah, to break down the fourth wall is slightly better. You're already asking us to believe a lot as it is. I don't want the added <laughs> layer of – <laughs> magical things that aren't there. Uh, again, it's one of those things where if they use it once as a one-off, it's kind of fine and fun, but when it's overused, I don't really necessarily need it, so I will bury it gladly. and But, like, bury it for real, not augmented. I want it really buried.
1: <laughs> not, not augmentedly buried?
0: Yeah. I don't want some, like, magi- magical, like, phantom burying it in front of me. Just bury that shit in the ground. I want All dirt. Right. I want shovels. Yep. Yeah. Can you imagine, the, like, an augmented, like, they buried the Undertaker augmentedly back in the day? Like, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> fucking fake hand comes out of the ground. No, you bury that motherfucker. <laughs> that, that
1: legitimately sounds like something they would do. Just like that, having that like f- a I, I animated agree. hand that, coming that out of the ground.
2: First buried alive was the saddest shit. Uh, they didn't have near enough dirt, and they didn't really have a plan to get it on him. Do you remember that? Where like all the mm-hmm. heels came out, like Justin Hawk, Bradshaw, Triple H, and stuff, and Undertaker's just laying there, and then they like maybe fill up one eighth of the grave with dirt, and they like. Sure, yeah, that's it. And then they're like, they're on the ground pushing it with their entire bodies. It was a while before they did the dump truck. The dump truck was perfect. You press the button, the dirt falls in, all good, all taken care of. But that first buried alive was a disaster. Uh,
1: now, uh, the, the theme of the night was going to be, you know, set design, set decoration, as you, as you may have seen. Ah. But I've got one one last one that I need your guys' uh, opinion on uh, that I just can't I can't wait another week because I need to know how you feel. About toxic attraction.
2: Oh, okay. Um, and the new Mandy Rose. I like. I'm gonna push the hell out of that. I like Mandy Rose, the new look, the new attitude, her little stable toxic attraction. Like, yeah, no, I'm gonna push that for sure. Um, one of the only things that is keeping me interested in uh, NXT 2.0.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to push that. Yeah, yeah sorry. sorry. I, I, uh, uh, this is the game in which you ask me and Bowman <laughs> questions first. You didn't Paris, look like you were going to respond. <laughs> I, I was. So, you know, I'll flash you the fucking Wiseman sign in the extra. <laughs> All right. So this is fu- I, I will push. Mike, the floor is yours. Oh. Thanks, bud. Uh,
1: yeah, no, I, I agree with Bowman where I think it's the, the one of the hotter things going, literally and figuratively, uh, on NXT 2.0. Um, it is it is something that I think they've actually done right. And, and I'm not trying to bury overall NXT 2.0, but I think that is something innovative, as well as bringing back Mandy Rose, kind of giving her something more to work with yeah. and giving her the push that way. I think it makes a lot of sense.
2: Well, we're still reeling from the loss of Hit Row from uh from NXT. So, yeah, we you know, do what we can. We we search for what we can on that show to get into. And Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction definitely one of those things. Uh do you have any more? I got I, I, got, I got to say
0: I didn't realize I didn't realize the segment was so so Paris could set up dingers for himself. I didn't know he was watching him crank home runs left and right. Thanks, Paris. Dingers? At least I know what? the rules now. Home runs. You're just setting yourself up to talk for a while. And I'm award-winning I segment get it. leader. Yeah, TMZ, gotcha again, you did it <laughs> Gotcha Congrats.
2: journalist Mike Ferris uh, Before we get out, let's uh, check in with this week in wrestling history
0: What we're going to do right here is go back Way back, back into time
2: One, two, three, four, hit it Alright, so we actually have uh, have two Both of these were big enough to warrant a little bit of discussion here. First one we're going to talk about, October 9th, 2000. Uh, I got six words for you. I did it for The Rock. Uh, Rikishi revealed as the man that ran down Stone Cold Steve Austin in the year-long hit-and-run angle, an angle that I loved. And I loved Austin when he came back investigating. Great way to get him off of TV. All of it built up to having Rikishi, the dancing ass-shaking fat guy, be the one who did it. His rationale being that he did it for his cousin, The Rock, to make sure he got ahead. Wyatt, your thoughts on on Bad Man Rikishi?
0: This storyline, odd paper, makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of you know fun behind it. A lot of you can watch it, and be like, yeah, it's cool. Like if I was in a production meeting, it would all make sense to me. Until you said, "Oh, we're gonna make Rikishi the guy." Yeah. Uh, like having Rikishi, You must well have gotten Some dancing penguins To do it instead It made no sense Like it's like Why pick the guy That's out there Dancing left right and center Putting his ass in people's faces Like that's not the guy I understand Like whoever's Look Whoever's coming into this scenario uh, They're not beating The Rock They're not beating Austin They're not there to get Foley over But they can kind of get Kind over yeah. Like if they had chosen Someone like Mankind Makes sense This guy's a psycho There's a bit of like Menace to him Someone that had oh, some Menace to him Would make sense That would sense. have been mankind, great To get Mankind know. back There's, As a fucking heel yeah. That would have been awesome I would have loved so much about that. So, there was ways to do it, other people to do it, but Rikishi of all the people to do it with was like the last guy I would have picked, which again, that felt very much like the the very beginning of subvert your expectations. Uh and no, yeah, maybe maybe they believed in Rikishi. Uh, but I don't know, man. Like the guy in the ring couldn't offer much. Um he very very much like he found his gimmick. You know, he worked in too cool, great. Yep. Loved it. Yep. But to bring him in as his murderous psycho who's going to like do it for the rock. Made no sense. Didn't work. It gave us the greatest line ever of, I did it for you, I did it for The Rock. But it should have been someone else. They also inverted what they have become known
2: for doing, which is turning their crazy monster heels into dancing jackasses. They flipped it this time. They turned their dancing jackass into a crazy murderous (laughs) heel. Uh, Did not land. Paris, he did it for The Rock. What did you think?
1: Yeah, it just... In typical WWE fashion, a huge buildup, which led to absolute nothingness, and not only did it, I don't, I don't know. It, it feels, it feels like a decision that was made like a week prior, and <laughs> after a year yeah. long, they decided they were going to do this, uh, which I don't know if that's the case or not, but would not surprise me in the least if that was the case. Um, because you know it was supposed to be mankind, but for some reason Vince had a an issue with Mick that week, so they they flipped the script. What like that wouldn't surprise me at all if that was the story behind it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was just such a nothing storyline that resulted in nothing. And maybe they liked Rikishi at the time and wanted to give him that sort of rub, but it didn't work for anybody, including Rikishi.
2: Well, Mick Foley was the one who uh, who ripped the lid off it. He was the one who noticed that. Yeah, when the rental car or whatever, the the seat was pushed
0: back. The seat the was spring, back. Yeah, yeah, the seat was back. So it, it only could be been... though. It should have been Mick Foley. Yeah, should, like he has the psychotic pass. Yes, it's, it makes sense for him to be like, I would have done it for you because he had that whole thing trying to get friends with Steve Austin and The Rock. He tried to be friends with both of them. Like, yeah, you kind of see him doing something crazy to make friends with them. It would have been fine. And again, I can understand you're elevating someone that's not going to get a win out of this. They're not going to get a lot out of this. But at least that had been someone that had a bit of a serious. You know nature behind it They could have gotten Something out of it Because Rikishi Got nothing out of it And nobody got anything Out of it Like it did not work All we remember Is the shitty line He delivered did not work. And it was not long before they just retconned it and
2: oh yeah sure he drove but it was Triple H who told him to do it. What, what a bitch. God damn. H- H- Rikishi <laughs> looks like such a bitch in that case cuz he has like decent at least familial motivations to do it. But no, it's all because Triple H asked him to. Oh man, there's no coming back for Big quiche after that. And yeah, it was all Triple H's mastermind scheme and here we fucking go. Well, like fucking
0: Jericho, the two belts became about Stephanie and Triple H. Like and Triple H has and a reputation for a reason. am oh, sorry, show some respect <laughs> for the pooch. Yeah, I'm just. It's just if you look, like, it got to the point where everyone's like, you're, you're, you're like, you know, railing Triple H too much. But no, if you look at it, yeah, he got involved in so much shit he shouldn't have. Like Jesus Christ, man. do not talk to me about WrestleMania 19
2: against Booker T. <laughs> do not mention that to me at all. That is a travesty. The other uh, piece where to talk about from wrestling history. It was October 13th of 1997. The official formation, the first on-screen mention of Rick Rude, China, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, D-Generation X names themselves and makes themselves official as a stable. You talk about when the Attitude Era started. You talk about the Montreal Screwjob. You talk about WrestleMania 14, Austin and Michaels. You could really argue it was DX and This Night, This Moment that kind of kick-started all of that when, uh, when DX formed.
0: Why? Well, I mean, it, it's pretty crazy because NWO was the shit. It was like the most ultimate thing in wrestling and it's hard to imagine that anything would even come close to that and then somehow WWE found a way and you know full credit to Shawn Michaels and and Triple H China kind of coming together like again, yeah, like I love the original DX just even having, I love Rick Rude I think he's so underrated I yeah. even have him involved is amazing uh China was like you remember seeing her like she was a talk about Sloan being a specimen China was a fucking specimen you are like holy shit and then you know Triple H was my favorite, but then just Shawn Michaels kind of leaning into who he was at the time was like, you know, I was always say yourself turned to 11. That was Shawn Michaels turned to 11 at that time, and it worked perfectly. So uh, just, you know came together at the right time and ended up being like two of the best periods of wrestling just for having the NWO in one side and DX in the other. Yeah, the NWO had been running for a year and a couple months at this point uh and was, you know, a bit
2: stale cuz, you know, they're heading towards obviously the uh the match with Sting and Ho- Hollywood Hogan at Starcade in a couple months. But I remember reading a WWE magazine at the time uh, like months before and they're theorizing a potential allegiance in the future between Triple H and Shawn Michaels, which was super fucked up cuz I didn't know any backstage scar happenings and michaels at that time was a big baby face triple h uh, had just one king of the ring i'm like what the fuck are they talking about these two guys teaming up together that's ridiculous months later here we find ourselves uh yeah and and
1: wwf magazine was the the most inside information you had at the time (laughs) the
2: Vic venom column the
1: vince russo yeah this is pre-tpww.net. Uh, uh...
2: Oh, the People's <laughs> Wrestling oh, <laughs> Website. Deep ow, pole. Ow. that is it. The People's <laughs> Wrestling, <laughs> Wrestling Website.net. That that's where, where we, we all went. got
1: all our dirt sheet information back oh, in the day.
2: Oh, man. That um, takes me back. I could st- I still, in my head, I can clearly picture the black type and the yeah. red, and, or the black background and the red and yellow. Oh, man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there you
1: go. Deep Paul. Uh, but that was, this was before that time. So, yeah. So, we didn't know how wwe wwf at the time was going to respond to the nwo and this was obviously what they had and i was a big dx guy my allegiances went there very very quickly at that time and uh the 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 combination of two of the hottest stars at the time adding china and of course for a brief period adding rick rude um just made for a really threatening stable and it was, yeah, like you say, the characters were there. They were turned up to 11, and it really was what sort of started to shift shift everything in the WWF's direction in regards to the Monday Night Wars.
2: And then hundreds and thousands of prepubescent boys running around their elementary schools and high schools telling teachers, lunchtime supervisors, anybody who would get in their way to suck it was a result of that so uh thanks dx for coming into our lives on october 13th of 1997
1: <laughs> now um, now I were re- you an, an x sucket or were yeah, you a, i was a an, i was an it. x
2: person no i was doing the x's for sure i wasn't okay. the the v right the angle i was right. doing the x wyatt this is a hard-hitting question from mike paris <laughs> what type of sucket were you as a dx fan did you do the x or did you just do the the point
0: Okay, I mean the X you can kinda of get away with more. The the, the other the non X is very, very blatant and that's hard to pull off. So the X at least can be like, I was doing an X. The other one's like clearly suck my penis, so no. This right here. yes, yeah, right here is my penis. Yes. <laughs> The X is just I was doing an X. Does that mean something else? I was not aware. (laughs) It's a little cross. I'm doing down here. Praise Jesus. That's it. That's a (laughs) cross.
2: I praise it where I want. This is where I'm choosing to praise him. Uh, Paris,
1: were you an X or a direct point? Oh, I was an X, but it was mainly due to my allegiances to pro wrestling and DX. I wanted to be authentic. I wanted people to know that I was referencing
2: DX. (laughs) Can you imagine if there's someone who didn't watch wrestling and that's what they did? they just walked through and Suck my
0: dick. What, like was in a Clive sexual situation? situation? Or a cross? I don't, I don't know what Clive was. We, <laughs> yeah, we <had> <laughs> you know the Clive would get mad at the grocery store and drop the X. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, sir, these actually aren't on special anymore. Uh, we meant to take that sign down. Paul, we like got me? two words for you.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, like, you guys don't know Clive that well, but that is a scenario in which Clive... <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Yeah, Clive.
1: You, You overcharging me? Are these fries cold <laughs> at the restaurant?
0: <laughs> Two words, baby.
2: Clive just running around town telling people what's what. All right. That closes the book on another episode of Wrestle Nation. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Pod, And be sure to also follow the Nation Extreme Wrestling account at NEWWrestlingInc. Also, check out NationExtremeWrestling.com. You want to keep your eyes on that for ticket on sale information for new three on November 27th again if any W1 and 2 were any indicator this thing's is getting bigger and bigger higher and higher be sure to subscribe to this show on iTunes and Spotify if you're on iTunes leave a rating leave a v- review and let us know were you a direct point or were you were you an X person we want to that'll be fun to look at out of context a year or two from now <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> That's all for this week for award-winning journalist the Stanchion Wyatt aren't The Architect Mike Paris I'm Jay Bowman and we'll see y'all next week on Wrestle Nation